Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. And we're into extra time. Hello and welcome to another episode of Extra Time. I'm Sally Murphy. Well, it's come down to the final test. The Lions secured a win against the All Blacks last week, bringing the series to a one-all draw. The Lions have named the exact same side for this week's final header at Eden Park, whereas the All Blacks have made some sweeping changes. Steve Hansen has overhauled the back line, Rico Ioni and Waisaki Naholo are out, and Israel Dagg has been shifted from fullback to the right wing. Young gun Geordie Barrett will also get his first test start at fullback. I asked Joe Porter, who has been covering the series, how he thinks this week's test will pan out. Certainly some big calls from uh, Coach Steve Hansen, the All Blacks coach, putting Nani Laumapia and Geordie Barrett into start at second five and fullback respectively in just their f- second test. So their first test start and just their second ever test against the British and Irish Lions in a series decider in front of 45,000 fans at Eden Park where the Lions will be making far more noise than the All Blacks fans. Uh, it's a, going to be a real pressure cooker situation for them. So he's certainly put a lot of line, a lot on the line and a lot of faith in those two youngsters and uh, whether or not they handle and ha- the game and have the mental fortitude to come through such a pressure cooker environment will probably uh, go a long way to determining how the All Blacks fare. But uh, brave move and I guess he's got confidence in the All Blacks in their systems to get them through the game and of course they're talented players they're just untested at this level the Lions on the other hand well they've made no changes and that's to be expected they did the unexpected last week and beat the All Blacks in Wellington so I guess Gatlin's rewarded his players for being able to pull off that win and has given them another chance at, at what would be a historic victory against the odds so they deserve to have another shot at making history and they've got it uh, and you expect the same from the Lions again this week could that be an issue, though? Same exact side, the All Blacks know how they play. Could that be an advantage on the All Blacks side? I think so, but I guess we all kind of know what the Lions are going to do because they don't have much time to, to adjust things. They've just got to throw the kitchen sink at it and give it all they've got and hope that they can drag the All Blacks down into that forward-orientated uh, sort of duo-type traditional battle-kicking game and hope that the All Blacks don't break down that rush defence. So last week it worked for them, although they did have one extra man for most of the game. Will it work this weekend at Eden Park in what should hopefully be better conditions? Well, that remains to be seen, and I still think the All Blacks will pull away with it about 15 points in the last 20 minutes. You think they'll win by 15? I think so. As long as the conditions aren't like thunderstorms like they were yesterday afternoon here in Auckland, I think it'll um, the All Blacks will run away with it. When in the last 15 minutes when the bench comes on these Lions will be tired and they'll give it everything they've got and there'll be a lot of spite in this game but as long as the All Blacks can control their anger and control their aggression they'll run away with it in the end And like you said this is the decider what's the mood been like in the All Blacks camp this week when you've gone and spoken to them? They're pretty angry underneath what they say and you know they're always very diplomatic about these things but they are fired up after last week there was a lot of niggle in that game there was off-field tussles in the tunnel you know, after the match. So there's certainly no love lost between the two sides and they're desperate to prove a point and of course they'd hate 
to become the first All Black side since 1971 to lose a series to the Lions in New Zealand. So yeah, there's a lot on the line for them. They're two-time world champions. They pride themselves on their record. They'll be very angry about it. So like I say, they're going to come out firing. It's a matter of making sure that doesn't get them into trouble early on in the match, like I guess it did last week. Joe Porter. This week, Joe spoke to 1977 Lions winger JJ Williams about the possibility of the Lions winning the series. Oh, it's massive. The coverage in the UK is huge at the moment for it. You know, I mean, we got a half back to 1971, the last time we won this test series in New Zealand. So, you know, this Lions, this Lions tour has had a huge following, and of course, to have a victory now. It's but now they won a test match and they could win the test series, and uh, it'd be massive for British sport, you know. And uh, the, the, the team of of the year for the BBC award will go to. Uh, the British Lions and, and Gatland be made um, a saint, I think, or Sir Gatland. Yeah. If they lose, it's totally the opposite. <laughs> now, do you think they can win? Do you think they have a chance? Um, they have a chance, but uh, I think refereeing will play a big part in it this weekend. Uh, it'll be damp again. They referee it in, in a European way, obviously, and it suits the, the Lions more than it suits uh, the All Blacks, you know. Stop and start. How many penalties were there last weekend? There were about 20 penalties between the two teams, but you're on stop for almost 15 minutes for, for all that, and that suited the Lions more than, uh, than the Blacks. What will it be? It'll be about 8.30 in the morning over there, won't it, on Sunday morning? Uh, I'm assuming yeah. the pubs will be open and full of fans? There's a massive interest here. Right? I, I, I know thousands of extra fans have flown out this week. Where they get the tickets from, I don't know, but they've all gone out there just for this third test. It happened uh, with England in the World Cup. You know, when England got through into that final, people flooded out for the last uh, last uh, couple of days, and that's what's happened again. Back home here, the, the, everyone is up in the morning. Everyone, uh, women, everyone's uh, interested in this test match. And you know, I can remember, so, Joe. I can remember being uh, one nil down in 1977, a long time ago, obviously. But uh, and then we won the second test in Christchurch, so we were one all in the series. The New Zealanders dropped Sid Gowen. And now Sid Gowen, as you know, was a god in those days in uh, New Zealand, the scrum half. So we thought, yeah, we've got them. We've got them. We didn't. We lost a series 3-1. <laughs> so, just, so uh, you know, the Lions, beware. The All Blacks' uh, backlash is on its way. That's JJ Williams. The Lions fans are certainly as confident as ever with last week's win under their belt. Matt Chatterton reports on how the fans and the Lions themselves are feeling before this week's match. Ten seconds. One more breakdown. Time up. Mario look for the touchline. Bunch and outs. Lions win. Series still alive. Well, that certainly surprised a few New Zealand fans. Wellington Stadium was drowned out last Saturday to the sound of the Lions chant. And first five Johnny Sexton has no doubt that atmosphere helped his side emerge victorious. Sexton hopes they'll get a similar reception in Auckland tomorrow as they seek to end the All Blacks' 23-year unbeaten run at Eden Park. There's been guys that are played in Irish teams that have never beaten the All Blacks and uh, we turned them over this year. So, and we know how much pressure is on them as well come Saturday. So we've got to just cherish the atmosphere. It doesn't come around too often, these games, and um, you got to try and enjoy it. I struggle to enjoy it at times with the nerves and stuff like that, but uh, it is once-in-a-lifetime stuff, so trying to cherish it. Lions fans in Auckland for the final test promise they'll be as vocal as ever to help secure just their second series victory over New Zealand and first since 1971. Although they're not willing to guarantee victory just yet. It's not going to be easy um, at Eden Park. They haven't lost there in 24 years. 
So uh, we just got to keep going, um, not make mistakes, be a bit more disciplined and just do what we've done on Saturday, but ten times better, I believe. I don't know. Well, I hope so. I think we can. I wouldn't bet my house on it, like, but hopefully we might do it. I think pressure's on the All Blacks now. That may be the case. And if they're to overcome the All Blacks at their Eden Park Fortress, the Lions will need to roar louder than ever before. Matt Chatterton reporting. Team New Zealand is now home, basking in the glory of their win. A parade down Auckland's Queen Street this week attracted tens of thousands of people. But when the hustle and bustle of celebrations settle down, how quickly will plans be made for the next Cup in four years' time? I asked our America's Cup reporter, Todd Nile. I think the indications that Grant Dalton's given are that a couple of basic details, when it will be and where it will be, could be a matter of weeks away. Some of the, some of the more interesting detail in the next protocol, you know, maybe that's weeks to months away. The questions about what the boat will be, uh, nationality rules which have been talked about, which might have a quota for each country, how many have to come from that country among the sailing crew so that could be a little bit further off but you know and but there probably won't be many surprises as to where and when I mean I think it's a given that it's Auckland and there's been enough suggestions that it needs to be a four-year cycle to clear the Olympics etc etc that 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 probably also won't be a surprise. Yeah Dalton did mention well he's talked a bit about the nationality rule and he's warned off other teams from chasing New Zealand sailors how effectively can he do that? Well, the nationality rule might solve that problem for him. I guess, you know, the phone can't be ringing uh, at, for individual crew members at Team New Zealand now because other teams can't sign them up until they know whether they're allowed to sign them up. I mean, if you had, for example, it wouldn't be the strict 100% nationality rule, then none of the New Zealand citizens on the team could go and sail anywhere else, depending on what the nationality rule actually says. So, you know, I think the uncertainty and that rule, and I think also the $5 million that the team has got from the government, which helps it lock in key people in the short term, probably does give them a lot of ability to ward off, you know, unwanted recruiting. How much is that $5 million? How much of a difference is that going to make for the team? I think that is very important and they before even before that was announced they talked about the importance of that very early period of the next campaigns where people can be lost where your ability to get the people that you want might not happen so early money even though it doesn't look huge is important that it helps you lock in the things that you want to build your next campaign on. And how loyal do you think Team New Zealand is? Can you see any sailors jumping ship or do you think we'll see a very similar team next time around? Well, it's hard to judge other than what they say publicly and taken at face value. They do talk about, you know, they really enjoy the dynamics and the culture of that team, the innovation, the people that they get to work with. But there will be there will be changes. For example, if you go to a boat that doesn't have that pedal system hydraulics, then clearly the 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 cyclists and, you know, those who've who are hired for their leg muscles are going to be perhaps of less lesser value in the next campaign as they were in this one. And and the boats look as though they will change, but we don't know how much yet. Back to monohull? Well, that's possible. That's one of the things that's talked about. It, it certainly wouldn't be the same catamarans that we have now because they simply wouldn't, according to Grant Dalton, survive in the, in the rougher Hauraki Gulf waters. 
And it's interesting trying to piece together the little comments that are made. And yesterday I was rather taken by a comment from Dan Bernasconi, the head of design, who I don't know what the question was that was put to him, but he was sort of saying, you know, yes, we have a lot of expertise in this particular catamaran, but the other skill of the the design team is their ability to tackle new problems, which seemed to suggest that they were expecting their next challenge to be coming to grips with a design other than the sort of thing that they're doing now. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting. And what about Pete Burling? He's sort of been the poster boy for Team New Zealand. Do you think he'll come back next time? I think the indications are that he will. I think he hasn't gone that far as saying that, but that may simply be that, you know, that conversation hasn't been concluded with Team New Zealand in a way that he can talk publicly about it. That is one to watch. Blair Tuke seemed to be much more upfront that he really did want to stay, and and the two do seem to work well as a partnership. But So, you know, is... Peter Burling being ultra-cautious, or is he leaving something open? And it's not necessarily that he would go to another America's Cup campaign. Maybe there's something else out there. But, you know, if you had to put your money on something, it does look like he's keen to stay, and they would be keen to keep him. Todd Nile. The Silver Ferns' gold medal chances at the Commonwealth Games have suffered a major setback following the decision by veteran mid-quarter Laura Langman to remain playing in Australia. Langman has re-signed with the Sunshine Coast Lightning for 2018, making her ineligible for the Silver Ferns. She says the last few weeks have been an emotional roller coaster as she made up her mind, but she also says that she understands Netball New Zealand's stance. I've been very clear um, right from the onset and... I totally respect that. I'm, I'm well aware I'm a very, very small cog in, in, in a big wheel and um, Netball's New Zealand's responsibility is to do what is best for um, Netball in New Zealand and also the Silver Ferns. And sometimes, you know, you make decisions in life that you don't get closure, you just got to move on. While playing in the Australian competition has ruled her out of the Silver Ferns test this year, Langman acknowledges the prospect of having to watch from the sidelines if New Zealand plays Australia in a gold medal match at next year's Commonwealth Games on the Gold Coast is heart-wrenching. It'll be sad, man. Yeah, absolutely. We do everything to um, represent the black dress um, and to be the best people and players that we can be. So... Um, I think you'd have to be a robot for it not to not have feelings. Do you have any ambition to come back and play in New Zealand? Uh, I certainly have not shut the door from my end. And is there any chance of you playing for Australia in the future, given they've relaxed their eligibility rules? I think they have their midcourt pretty covered, so I'm not really sure that would ever become a reality. Netball New Zealand's Acting Chief Executive David Cooper says Langman's decision won't force a review of the eligibility rules. The Netball New Zealand board has been clear uh, now for a length of time that the eligibility rules for Silver Fern selections are what they are um, and we've mm. remained um, in contact with Laura confirming those, uh, those regulations. The former Silver Ferns coach Yvonne Willering says when the eligibility rule was first introduced two years ago, she'd hoped it would be applied on a case-by-case basis. 
However, she doesn't believe Netball New Zealand should change its approach now. Obviously, she's contributed massively, you know. So do you make an, an exception for her or do you t- stick to the focus and stick to the ruling that if you play over in Australia, you don't, you know, you're not going to get selected? I think the total focus here is the ANZ Premiership because if players go to Australia to play, it's going to weaken our competition further. And really, that's the only competition we have to prepare our players for a Silver Fern status. It won't be long before the Silver Ferns learn what life is like without Laura Langman, with tests against Australia, England and South Africa starting next month. New Zealand heavyweight boxer champion Joseph Parker is looking to assert himself when he takes on Huey Fury in Manchester in September. Parker left the country this week as he begins preparation to fight against his undefeated heavyweight opponent. The two were set to clash in Auckland on May 6, before Fury pulled out, citing a back injury. Now fighting away from home, Parker said he's keen to prove his doubt is wrong. I think you're always going to learn new things all the time. And I guess it's just up to my coach to, to just to talk to other people that know how he fights and the style that he brings. And um, watch more tape. I think we'll pick up on more things if we watch more tape. I know there's a lot of doubters out there, but I'll just I'll use my fist. I'll, my fist here to talk and I'll knock someone out. I think I have to go there and knock them out to make a statement, so that's what I'm going to do. Parker's promoter David Higgins believes the 25-year-old is more than ready to fight away from home. I'd have preferred that the fight happened as planned because then we'd have a voluntary, but Huey Fury's a mandatory. We have to fight him, so we made a good deal. We're going to fight him. I back Joseph to win. You must remember Joseph fought overseas twice before, once Germany on a Klitschko undercard, massive audience, and in uh, Pennsylvania, so there's nothing new for Joe. Joe's very mentally tough. David Higgins. That's extra time for another week. Make sure you go check out all of these stories plus much more on our webpage, rnz.co.nz forward slash sport. Have a good one. Head over to Hulu this March where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series We Were the Lucky Ones with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.